The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, employers are facing the highest labor costs in 20 years. Why are so many CEOs ill-equipped for inflation? Former Commerce Secretary Carlos Gutierrez. If inflation's at 7 and you increase prices at 2 or 3% because your financial planner said it was transitory, temporary, not to worry about it, you're going to be behind the curve. The BA.2 stealth variant, subvariant, whatever you call it, we've got another one. Dr. Scott Gottlieb joins us. It does appear to be more contagious. Is it more virulent? Is it more dangerous of a strain? It doesn't appear to be the case. Those stories, plus Apple's big quarter, Neil Young's costly music move, and booze stocked and ready for takeoff. Southwest is making a change. It's been unruly enough. Like, you don't need to add alcohol. It's Friday, January 28th, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one, cue please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin and uh, TGIF, especially for anybody who's an investor this week, been watching what's happened with the U.S. equity markets. Shares of Apple surging right now, earning $2.10 per share, beat estimates of $1.89. Revenue was up 11%. It also beats estimates there. Here's the breakdown category by category. iPhone revenue up 9%. Services revenue was up 24%. Other products revenue, which includes home and wearables, up 13%. And then this one, I think, surprised a lot of people because nobody focuses on the Mac anymore, up 25%. So Mac computer revenue, up 25%. Then you had iPad revenue. That was probably the only disappointment on the list. That was down 14%. That missed estimates. Apple CEO Tim Cook telling Julia Borston he expects supply constraints in the March quarter to be less than in the December quarter. That's also probably got people excited. He also said Apple uh, was seeing inflationary pressure, just like everybody. That is probably making people less excited. But uh, it was a a beat, guys. Uh, With the exception of that iPad piece, I wonder whether basically everybody bought an iPad during the pandemic. But then I thought to myself, that Mac piece, I can't even figure out the Mac piece. I mean, nobody was focused on the Mac. And they got their act together, finally, in terms of actually putting some of those Macs, I mean, they really have finally put some attention on the computer again over the last, I'd say, 18 months. And that's really done something pretty, pretty powerful. I, I have some personal questions uh, that I, I, I usually go to Andrew uh, on, on this, uh, Becky, because I don't know. He, he, I mean, no, about the, the products, because I was listening to Dom. Oh, okay. Dom said that, okay. you know, the iPod is really old, but it's, there's new ones or something that are evolutionary. And carrying... Like if I have the really, iPod, the iPod is really old. The iPod I know, but is he very said it's old. Evolutionary. They don't make the iPod. Are they bringing anything out that's similar to that? That's what he was talking about. And I could oh. use something instead of a big phone when I have gym shorts on, and it. I mean, that moves. That's too big. <laughs> is that a phone and in you your know, pocket? I put it. I, you know, I put it on my arm. But what? And my other question is, would you use something 
that stays in your ear better? Or, or is the wire thing? I'm just wondering for, you know, if you're going to get me a gift, Sorkin, do I get, <laughs> will you send me, will you send me one with, uh, with wires now in, in ear, are those back? And can I have a little I'm, small thing that I can clip? Like, I, I like those little things, what they worked. If they could make so it better, I So what I think I'm going to do, here's the present that's coming your way. Okay. okay. And I know you're a, how about an, uh, how about an Apple Watch? That you can Good. just strap to your so wrist. Ugly. That's basically yeah, but you can just wear it when you're the running. Fo- phone on your wrist, Joe, yeah. okay. and then we can get you some some and some it tracks your steps uh, too. Earpho- ear 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 pods that so are wireless c- to to the to the wrist. Still do the wireless, okay? We'll get you People the are going back to the wires. I, I heard. I, th- no, I heard what's old. I mean, yeah, I, I still go wireless. It's just much more comfortable. It's so much easier. I don't understand all these people. You with need the a wires. different size ear ear thing. That's your that's the problem. They sell them in different sizes. I also want to get those little Apple tags, implantable tags, in both my kids. Is that <laughs> you want you to know, is that okay. no? Is that legal? Uh, you can. <laughs> no. If there's a consent, there's a consent issue. Your kids, your kids are old enough to consent, so maybe you'll have to. You, you guys will can work that they out. They might not. I, I didn't think about that. They might not want that, but it just seems like a, you know. I don't know. I would Car like keys, you know, your phone, your kids. Much better than to find my iPhone, which yeah. I also, you well, know, which is okay. So. Should we should we say it on the air? You know, you I don't know how you have it set up with the kids. Yeah, you could track their phone if you really right. wanted to. And whoever goes anywhere without their phone, so it's the same no, thing I as know. implanting. No, I them. know that. No, I, I was kidding. I wouldn't be yeah. that that intrusive. I don't think, although, if they definitely wouldn't know. You, know, you can track the phone if you'd like to, but your kids are older. I, I mean, and I don't know. That doesn't I don't know. mean that I, you guys have mean, to work that out yourselves. I think I'm going to start asking Becky these questions. The the iPod is back in, in big Sorkin. I don't think you know what you're talking about. Uh, are you, you, there really are next gen nano fifth generation Apple iPods. There's a bunch of them that I'm looking at here. Do you not know about these? I, I'm behind. I did not realize that the iPod. You were really had, uh, dismi- Not only that, you were dismissive. You gave me the boomer. I look. was. The boomer I was. look was, that you're so good at. You get off my lawn. Boomer yeah, comment. You gave me the boomer look again, and um, and once again you were wrong because there are a lot. I got it from Dom Chu, who said that they used to be revolutionary, the iPod, and now they're evolutionary. So there are a uh-huh. bunch. Of, and I'm so send me one of those, will you? Next time you're, 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 t- you're thinking. Yeah, you're talking about like an iPod Touch, iPod Nano. They're they're all available. They're one hundred and twenty nine dollars, one hundred ninety nine dollars. Uh, yeah, just search uh, just search Apple iPod. Looks like they sell a lot of these different. Buy I still have my old ones. <laughs> I don't know how you can make a better iPod. Mine was pretty good. I still but have I just have I just it's too, the phone no is too big. Maybe the watch is the maybe the watch is the answer. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb, Joe, here, and say that, that this is all old? these iPod Nanos are used. Um, yeah, are, are are from a different generation, my friend. I don't believe that these are still manufactured. What was he talking about? That they were evolutionary. We're gonna have to get down. No, it says, the, uh, they make the iPod Touch, but the company doesn't make any of the classic iPods. You need to buy right. one. They, used. they still make the touch. The touch is like a mini phone without without cell service. Will that work? Well, well, will that work for me? It's called an Not iPod. Not for touch. what you're talking about. It's no, too okay. big. It is. You want okay. a, you you want the nano? The nano was actually a cool little thing that you it clipped was. onto I your shirt. I still have one. You had to download things. I don't know. It was complicated.
we should talk about one of the big issues in the music industry this week, and that would be Sirius's XX's gain off of Spotify's loss. You know, Neil Young was pulling his music from Spotify for hosting the Joe Rogan podcast. Sirius XM announced the return of the Neil Young radio uh, channel. That's a satellite and stream channel featuring Young introducing his songs and telling stories. The Wall Street Journal reports that Sirius reached out to Young's team on Wednesday. The channel was launched in December for a limited run, and it's now returned to satellite radio for seven days. It's going to be streaming for a month on the app. And I don't know if you guys saw the stories yesterday about how costly this move was uh, for Neil Young. He was making a ton of money off the streaming that he was getting off of Spotify. But he said, OK, it was worth it for him to lose it. He's also in a position of being able to say something like that because the money's not nearly as important as it would be for some of these new artists who are coming up. He hasn't sold his... Uh... His, his catalog. That's why he can do this. Yeah, I would. Man, I, I'd certainly feel inclined to do that if I were Neil uh, at this point. Sell the know? catalog. Except for that, you know, if, if you've got all the money you need, maybe you just like to control your catalog. It seems like that would be pretty important. Right. Can you imagine your, your songs getting used for stuff that you didn't intend? Like, remember but, when Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire was being used for, like, a hemorrhoid cream? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's pretty descriptive. I think now, by the way, they're putting restrictions. Some of these deals, they're selling the catalog and then putting restrictions in place about what can still be done with the catalog. So it's, there's, it, there's sort of a, some interesting things happening if you look at through some of the, I think even if you look through that Bruce Springsteen agreement, I mean, I, I don't think it was You're made public. You're not going to get to pull if, your if you, music off of Spotify if you don't like what they're doing, yeah. if it's not yours. Well, that, that for sure is yeah. not going to be, in, you're entitled to. But I think in terms then, of certain types then, of advertisement, the, uh, certain types of things, you'll be able to limit The it. Taylor situation where... Right. Red, Taylor's version. Well, what was the what was the first Red? That was your version too. This was her way of re-releasing it right. so that she'd have control. Of, and she did. Right. The, the, new the songs are version. longer, better, and everything. I like that. Yeah. I like the, the title song pretty much. It's yeah. One of my favorites. Southwest is going to bring back. Oh, all, I saw that. You know they haven't had any alcohol on, on flights. I know because of unruly. It's, <laughs> you it's do. bad enough. No, I haven't been on a flight, but it's been unruly enough. Like you don't Unruled, need to add But also alcohol. The face like, masks, and, and so they're bringing those back. But also, fluid. do you see Diageo? They can't because of people at home just imbibing anything that's. Oh yeah, they're running out of the long term. The stuff that takes a long aged. time. Anything that's barrel that. aged, they they don't have. It takes years to make barrel yeah. aged stuff. Everybody's been staying home, trying new <laughs> things, and you can buy liquor at trying trying to high end tequila and margaritas and all this stuff. And now there's, we're going to run out. Okay, so this is getting, once again, get, getting serious. This is like Coming the up, champagne issues we had at New Year's, right? You can't find right? your high-end champagne. Ooh. That's right. That's right, as if I'd know. Next on Squawk Pod, inflation is here, maybe to stay. So what are CEOs going to do about it? Former Commerce Secretary Carlos Gutierrez on why the Fed's transitory language has many leaders unprepared. My concern is that, you know, with this statement of temporary inflation, you know, there's almost a lull of complacency. Inflation's here and managers have to deal with it right now. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. What's on the horizon for financial markets? 
At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. And our next story, all about inflation. The U.S. economy grew 5.7% in 2021. That's the fastest pace of growth since Ronald Reagan was president nearly four decades ago. Last year, the economy grew, wages were up, overall unemployment was dropping, and it all came out of the Fed's emergency pandemic stimulus measures. But now, inflation is at its highest rate since the 80s, and the Fed, to address that, is aiming to dial back that same stimulus, poised to raise interest rates in March. Here's Fed Chair Jay Powell this week. It is our job to get inflation down to 2%, and a situation where where the two goals are the two goals can be intention is a difficult one. But, but I, I, I don't really think they are here, though, because I think a really significant threat to further strengthening in the labor market in the form of higher participation over time is high inflation. And also, high inflation is taking away the benefits of some of these large wage increases that we're seeing now. So uh, we do hope to achieve, and our plan is to achieve, both of those goals. Fingers crossed. Many of the business leaders in C-suites today weren't leaders last time inflation was this much of an issue. And one former Commerce Secretary and a former CEO himself says that could be a problem. Carlos Gutierrez co-founded Empath, and he's a former CEO of Kellogg's. During his tenure, he managed Kellogg Mexico when inflation ranged from 60 to 100 percent. Here's Becky starting off their conversation. Carlos, it's great to see you this morning. We think inflation's bad at 7%, but you were doing it in Mexico when inflation was anything from 60 to 100%. I can't even imagine running a business under that environment. What did you do? Yeah, we had had hyperinflation. Um, You know, there is a playbook for inflation. Obviously, the intensity of the tactics are a lot different when you have 60% versus 7 or 8, but they're pretty much the same. And the, the, the first principle, I believe, is protect margins. And very often the debate is, do we increase prices? If inflation six, can we get away with a 2% price increase? Uh, If your goal is protect margins at all costs, then you will take a price increase as close to inflation or higher as you can. Very difficult to get back your margins uh, when you're under inflation. Uh, you'll get back the volume, you'll get back the business, you may have some short-term impact on sales, but number one priority is to protect those margins. And my concern is that, you know, with this statement of temporary inflation, um, you know, there's almost uh, a lull of complacency, and, and, and that worries me. I think that term has done some damage, because what it tells some business people is we're going to be okay. Don't worry about it. It's just temporary. But it, it, it's it's not as if though inflation goes to seven, then it goes back down to zero or um, you know minus seven. Inflation's here, and 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 managers have to deal with it right now. You know, um, I I think 
a, a lot of CEOs weren't lulled by that whole transitory inflation thing. I, you, you know that there are a lot of companies that are raising prices. They've announced prices, price hikes already. We know that there will be more that will be rolling in in the next several months. Um, and and so many of these companies, from Procter & Gamble on, have, have made the point that they're able to get this pricing power, that consumers are still buying, and they're willing to pay up at this point. Um, is there a point you think consumers, where consumers will not continue to do that? Is there a point where, what's the, the, the tipping point? Again, when you were dealing with 60% inflation, how frequently were you raising prices and by how much? Yeah, we were raising prices probably once every three months. And the, the thing that, we, that you need to do is, we, we, we used to call it next in, first out. So NIFO. You raise prices on the basis of what you think your costs are going to be four or five months from now. Today, people are raising prices based on the cost today. And that's okay, but it is a little bit of catch up because by the time your price increase comes through, you're already having to pay for new materials that come in at the new price. Uh, but the idea is to get ahead of it. So if inflation's at seven and you increase prices at two or 3% because your financial planner said it was uh, uh, transitory, temporary, not to worry about it, um, you're going to be behind the curve. Uh, you're going to lose margins. And then instead of raising another five or six, you're going to need more because, again, you you missed it. You fell behind. And, and what you can't do is fall behind. So in the short term, consumers may balk and consumers may say, boy, this is a big increase. I'm, I'm just going to go away and buy something else. They will be back. And, and also, you will have the ability to invest, whereas your competitors who don't take a price increase and want to take advantage of volume will not have the ability to invest to drive the business because their margins will be impacted. So over time, you're better off protecting margins, taking the increase, taking a hit, um, looking at operationally, looking at the balance sheet. You know, we're, we're much a, a very much a P&L culture, but um, businesses need to start looking at working capital. Uh, they're very easy tricks, very easy tools to measure working capital. Uh, but over time, what companies learn is you want to collect early and pay late. And when everyone starts playing that game, someone loses. But um, as interest rates rise, uh, working capital becomes a big deal. And that's not something that operators today in the U.S. are you know, accustomed to look at, and rightly so. You know, Carlos, I, I, I understand it entirely from a management perspective and from trying to make sure that you are protecting your company, protecting your margins, protecting your shares and your shareholders. Um, but I also, as you were talking, realized why Jay Powell may have been talking about transitory inflation for a while, because what you're suggesting, the smart way to do it as a business leader is to not raise your prices based on what you're paying now, raise your prices based on what you think you're going to be paying in four or five months. And that sounds like a you know, self-fulfilling prophecy. If, if companies everywhere are raising their prices to what they think will be the best to protect their margins and make sure that they don't get their lunches eaten. Um, if everybody's doing that, inflation necessarily will continue to rise. I think that's a great point, Becky. And I, I often wonder if Jay Powell used the term transitory so that people would calm down and not get overly excited. Um, but regrettably, at the end of the day, our job is to protect our business. And um, 
one way to protect the business, the most important way is to protect those margins. So I, I understand exactly what you're saying. And it's a bit of a philosophical issue. And, and yeah. I, I do wonder if he said that because he didn't want people to get too excited. But, you know, people need to get excited. We have to protect the business and we have to protect shareholders' interests. I mean, it reminds me of when they were saying you didn't need to wear masks because they were worried about PPE running out and they needed to get it to right. the healthcare workers first. Or when they said, don't worry about toilet paper, because when you start talking about these shortages, the shortages create greater shortages exactly. as people go exactly. out and hoard. Um, Secretary Gutierrez, thank you very much for your time. This thank was you. really interesting. Let us know as you see additional things for this. We'd love to have you back and talk you. more about it. Thanks for having me, Becky. Okay. Real pleasure. Great to see you. Coming up on Squawk Pod, a new year, a new COVID variant. But we've seen this movie before. Weighing the risks and the immunity with Dr. Scott Gottlieb. Is the immunity that we've acquired from the current version of Omicron going to be protective against this new variant? That does appear to be the case. At the UPS store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Stand Andrew by. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin uh, along with Becky Quick and Joe Kernan on a Friday morning. Let's get right uh, to Dr. Scott Gottlieb, former FDA commissioner, CNBC contributor. He also serves on the boards of Pfizer and Illumina. Uh, what about the latest uh, thinking or data or your opinion on, on a, a variant, uh, this new variant? that I, I what, Tell us what you know, because I've read things. I don't know what's true and what's not. Maybe it's not... Uh, any more virulent or, or is similar, but what do we know about it, uh, Scott? Yeah, look, there's some critical questions right now that we don't have uh, perfect answers to. It does appear to be, so three questions. It, is it more contagious? It does appear to be more contagious. It's spreading uh, in areas where o the old Omicron version has become prevalent. So Sweden put out data in the last 24 hours that shows that it's increased from 25% of infections to about 45% of infections over three weeks. So it does appear to be more contagious. Is it more virulent? Is it more dangerous of a strain? It doesn't appear to be the case. The data out of Swedish and the UK, Sweden and the UK suggests that it's not any more severe, not causing more severe illness than what we've seen previously. Uh, and, and is the immunity that we've acquired from the current version of Omicron going to be protective against this new variant? That does appear to be the case, just based on looking at the, con the contours of the spike protein in this new variant, this B2 variant. It does appear to have a similar antigenic profile. So hopefully, uh, if people were infected with the current strain of Omicron, which probably half of the U.S. has, has or will be infected 
with this current version of Omicron, that immunity that you've acquired is going to be protective against this new variant. If that's the case, and it does appear to be the case, although experimentation is still underway to really nail that um, nail that diagnosis. But if that's the case, you wouldn't expect this new variant really to take off here in the United States or other countries that have already had their Omicron wave. It could be that if it comes in here and starts to spread at any levels, that you could get a longer tail on the decline in this epidemic. But it's unlikely that this is going to displace Omicron and create a new wave of infection in a way Delta displaced B117 or B117 yeah. displaced the old Wuhan variant. Hey, so, Scott, the, uh, in a similar line of thinking, the, the immunity that you're talking about from people that have had the original Omicron strain, have you seen data, because I've, I've seen anecdotally that the immunity there is pretty good and could be better than uh, people that, that had uh, the full regimen of vaccines? Is, is the natural immunity from Omicron better than that? Yeah, look, it's going to take time to make that determination. I think what we've seen overall is that people who develop an infection with a particular variant have pretty good protection against subsequent reinfection with that variant, and maybe as good, if not better, protection than those who are just vaccinated. But what the vaccines provide is broader and better protection overall against all the variants. So if you had Delta infection, you're probably better protected or as good in terms of the protection you have against subsequent Delta infection as someone who is vaccinated, but you don't have as good protection against Omicron as someone who's vaccinated. So if, in fact, this Omicron variant becomes the dominant variant right now and future mutations happen within this Omicron lineage, which is a distinct possibility, people who had Omicron infection should have pretty good protection against subsequent reinfection against Omicron. And in fact, this B2 variant is another variant within that Omicron lineage. And what I would expect, if in fact B2 is slightly more contagious than sort of your run-of-the-mill Omicron, is that will probably become the prevalent strain of Omicron that we take forward in the future. So, Scott, I, I, I don't know if you've been asked this question yet. I've, I've seen some reports that were pretty detailed about some of the things that went on at the early part of the pandemic uh, when it was, uh, it, it, there were some recent emails that have come out from uh, Dr. Fauci and Francis Collins just talking about uh, the Wuhan origin, the possible lab origin, and, and a real effort to tamp down that conspiracy theory, what they called it back then, even though there were certain virologists that seemed to switch their opinion really quickly. Have you seen all that reporting, and do you have any comments on, on the way that was uh, Hannah, because, uh, you know, what we know in terms of actual data and science should always take precedence over uh, even public opinion or, or massaging data for, for, you know, for a certain end, a political end. Yeah, look, I think we should always be keeping an open mind about these kinds of questions. And I know the people who, ch quote, change their mind in some of those reports, and they're people of high integrity, and I believe that they change their mind based on their reading of the science. But the bottom line is we should have had a more open mind about this all the way through. And people who raise questions about whether or not this could have come out of a lab early on were either dismissed or criticized. And it was always a plausible theory that this could have come out of a lab. Not that this was something that was engineered and deliberately manipulated and released from a lab, and it certainly wasn't a bioweapon, but it could have been something that was brought into the lab and through sloppy practices, the lab became the point of departure for this epidemic. So we, we should have had a more, a more open mind about that question all along. I think there's more evidence that suggested that this could have come out of a lab that's come along uh, as we time has progressed. We certainly haven't gotten more evidence that this came out of nature. We haven't found the intermediate host. We've debunked the theory that this came out of that, that wet market. Um, and even after an exhaustive search for the intermediate host, we haven't found it. 
Uh, that certainly has to go on the side of the ledger that says that there's a possibility this didn't come out of nature. And the Chinese behavior, the, go the behavior of the Chinese government in terms of what they've deliberately withheld um, certainly looks suspicious. So I think we need to be take forward an open mind around this question. But the bottom line is, I think that this is going to be a battle of competing narratives in perpetuity, barring either a smoking gun, someone coming forward, a whistleblower and saying, in fact, this did come out of a lab or barring our ability to find that intermediate host. I don't know that we're ever going to have a definitive answer to this question. Hey, Scott, uh, I want to go back to this new Omicron variant and, and how you think that may or may not impact uh, plans by Pfizer and, and other vaccine makers uh, to update their vaccines for new boosters come next fall. Yeah, look, it's a very good question, and, and that's being looked at right now. But um, presumably, if this new Omicron variant has an antigenic profile that's fairly similar uh, to the existing version of Omicron and provides cross immunity, you would expect a vaccine based on the current version of Omicron to also offer protection against this new variant. And in fact, the data that came out of the UK, um, albeit it was a small study and the confidence intervals overlap, but it suggested that the efficacy of three doses of the existing vaccine is actually more protective against symptomatic disease with respect to this new Omicron variant than the existing Omicron variant, the one that we've all been infected with here in the U.S. Um, vaccine efficacy, three doses of the vaccine for someone who was recently vaccinated, they had about 60 percent protection against symptomatic disease against the existing version of Omicron. Against this new B2 variant, that was about 70 percent. Now, again, the confidence intervals overlap, so it's possible that this isn't a real effect. But certainly the vaccine seems to be as protective, if not more protective, against this new version, this B2 version. Scott, what, though, will you tell uh, our audience, uh, some of whom may take away from your earlier answer, uh, that if you've already had Omicron, uh, you are more protected about taking vaccines in the future? Yeah, look, what I would say is that you're, you have a period of immunity that's probably quite robust. You're not going to get reinfected right away from Omicron. Now, there certainly are cases and case reports, and we hear those. But that immunity is not going to persist in perpetuity. And unless you plan to get, you know, serially reinfected, and I wouldn't recommend that to anyone, the way to maintain immunity uh, against all of these variants and this, this infection more generally is to get vaccinated. It's likely to be the case that at least for the foreseeable future, this is going to be an annualized vaccine like the flu vaccine. We'll want to get it every fall so that we take peak immunity into COVID season, which is likely to be more of the fall and winter months. And so I think people who want to afford themselves a reasonable measure of protection against reinfection during the fall and the winter uh, should seek out vaccines. Hey, Scott, for, for upcoming sporting events, I saw something about the Super Bowl and some mask protocols, et cetera. Are, do you, is it still recommended to wear masks at, at outdoor events if you're in close proximity to another 100,000 people? Would, would you? Because I, I, I don't see people doing it if you're supposed to be doing it. Look, as prevalence declines, I think I think you judge everything against your own individual risk and what the risk is of the overall environment. If you're someone who's at lower risk of COVID more generally because you've had it, because you've been vaccinated and you're in an environment of declining prevalence and you're outdoors, I would judge that to be a low risk setting. And I certainly see people and I've gone out. Uh, I don't wear a mask when I'm outside, even when I'm in small groups of people outside, because I judge the risk to be pretty low right now. Prevalence has really declined here in Connecticut. I've been fully vaccinated, uh, and I think the outdoor setting is a lower-risk setting overall. Okay, good. Dr. Scott Gottlieb, uh, thank you. Good, good to have you on, and Thanks happy Friday. Okay.
That's the pod for today and for the week. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears. Follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you back here on Monday. In the meantime, let us know what you think. Write us a review on Apple Podcasts or send a tweet at Squawk CNBC. Have a great weekend. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.